Hello, good morning. Welcome to Ghosts of Medjuk. Um, I'm Andrea Zillow and I'm here recording without Travis, unfortunately. We just can't get it together to uh, record together. That guy's too busy doing some Parade of Lights business, but that's okay. I have another friend from Halifax who's joining us on the show, and that is... Um, Alice Bardas. I'm currently in M2. And I guess I'm here to give you some advice or just share some thoughts on D5 for when you come back to back to Dalhousie. Yeah, so Alice and I, or well, Travis and I had the pleasure of hanging out with Alice during our free lab and uh, told her a bit about the podcast. And she thought it was kind of cool and we thought she was kind of cool. So we're like, you should come on the podcast eventually. And, uh, you know, here on our work term season, we're kind of, breaking new ground we you know we had Benji on the podcast and now we've got a master's student on the podcast so you know we're really going places with this (laughs) um yeah and I thought it'd be nice to have Alice on to you know kind of like amp us up a little bit and like share some of her wisdom because I don't know about you guys but I'm like not really ready to go back to school so (laughs) hopefully she'll help get us in the right headspace for that um, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess maybe we can start out with just sort of how the transition was coming back from work term and starting B5. Like, did that feel kind of weird? You know, everyone's coming back from different places and maybe, you know, people have new skills and perspectives that help you in your work in B5 or I don't know. Yeah. Um... Well, I guess just because the work term gave you so much more freedom, both financially and with your time, I was um, really excited to kind of share what my experiences were like with everyone. And so when everyone picked up their posters for actually you guys to see, it was also really interesting for, for us to see. And I think a lot of people had in mind the idea of like trying to incorporate more of like a healthy lifestyle into B5, um, just because you're reminded that it is possible in real life in architecture. Um, unfortunately, that's like not super possible. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, did that just immediately go to shit? Or <laughs> yeah, like after well, you guys have like a series of pinups, so it was like I don't know an initial phase pinup, and then kind of like by midterm, you're like, oh, oh god, so much to do. But there's a way of like breaking it down, and I think focusing your thinking and not getting distracted by the possibilities for the semester to make it go like a lot more seamlessly and be much more efficient in what you're doing and possibly maintain some of the like the healthiness that comes um from work term that's good yeah that's a good idea keep exercising everybody (laughs) although I have to say I'm yeah I'm working like a little bit more than I (laughs) would like to be and I thought that I would spend this term you know coming home and making really delicious dinners for myself every night and that kind of thing and instead I'm still you guys, I'm still eating a lot of toast with peanut butter and apple. <laughs> what I'm known for. So that's a little bit um, sad, but that's okay. <laughs> At least I yeah, for me, have a for me by the end weekend. of like sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> for me, by the end of B five, it was kind of like a always like the only thing that's left food wise was like stopping by Tony's or Randy's for like pizza as you walk home in the frigid cold and you're just very bummed and disappointed in yourself (laughs) but it doesn't have to be that way (laughs) no it's all about the uh refried bean tacos (laughs) that's my other specialty (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, you went, didn't you do your first work term in Berlin? Is that what you said? Yeah, I was working for Steve Hecker, so I guess a lot of people from our school have already worked for him, so we kind of had a report. He's, I guess, he's pretty known for, he has this, like, deconstructionist kind of um, architecture, and he's very political, um, but now he's 87, so, but he's, like, a very kind old man, and then, yeah, it was, like, a very nurturing environment at the time. There were only three people in the office, and so they gave me, like, a lot of responsibility, but didn't give me so many, like, hard deadlines because they gave me an opportunity to learn so I felt very like nurtured and like a part of this like new family and then they were also really good for like um hours in the office and everyone kind of wanted to have their own, own free time once it was like seven o'clock everyone was always out and so I guess I adopted that and then found a lot of things to do in my free time like um learning some German although I definitely don't <laughs> don't remember a lot but yeah, it was a really great experience, and I also lived there, so I felt like I was, like, more seamlessly kind of flipping back into um, the city and, like, knowing the places that I already like and already having friends, so it was just um, easy and, and I made, made it a really great experience, so. Yeah, cool. Cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of working off the assumption that we're going to be designing a bathhouse. I really hope that they don't surprise us and it's some completely new, new project. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, maybe you can, I don't know, just tell us a little bit about some things that were challenging with that, some things, you know, that were maybe fun. Um, I kind of, I don't know. I think it's going to be the same site. I feel like they talked about how we're going to reuse that giant model that you guys made, but maybe oh, not. Yes. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. a part of the model making team, so you're welcome. <laughs> it was very painful to make, and I hate the smell of like laser cut cardboard. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, it's just gross. But anyway, um, I think yeah, you guys will probably do the same thing. So the way that the semester was divided up was kind of the first exploration was about the idea of a module that was oriented towards um, uh, like a sensory kind of experience or what it's actually like to experience bathhouses and explore what it's like in different cultures and things like that to gain your own opinions about it. And so then you come up with this module, and then the second step is kind of aggregation. Um, and that's also, that becomes site-specific. The first part is just like theoretical, kind of like just very to the point what you want it to feel like. And the second was very much like locating it in Halifax and how can you expand that idea within a certain context. And then I guess the third part was really working on um, technological integration. So, but I feel like for me, and what a lot of people got like held up on is that the yeah the technological integration is a lot more challenging than probably like the first two parts. And so, if I feel like if people have in mind where it's going from the start, it can, they can make it very easy for themselves. I've heard in the past that people like make the experience um, of being a bathhouse literally the machine and mechanics of the building, and that was apparently like a very successful approach in the past. Oh, and I feel definitely. People that had some more technological orientation from the start had a leg up when they went into the final phase, and it just made their projects very, very strong and rich from the start. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I guess that first part, I remember talking to some B5s at the beginning of the semester, and it was sort of like, we're doing the d design backwards. Like, you don't start with the site analysis, you're going from the inside out, and so that's kind of probably going to be something like a just a new approach to doing things that will probably be kind of cool um yeah just like all about the experience and I don't know I guess do you, you sort of think about like what you want 
the in yeah the interior experience to be and then you figure out how that's going to work with the site yeah well um the way that james introduced it was the idea of a heat cool rest cycle so there are these three components and then i guess people either related them or like they made a, a system of the how how the three should relate to each other like a rule whether it was something related to, for example, like nature or, I don't know, mine was about the idea of like spatial organization according to how people first experience architecture, because I had been reading um, this book by Gaston Beauchelard, which was The Poetics of Space before, and he was talking about how um, the very first or most um, important experience that people have is like their first home. Yeah, like, I'm actually like, reading that book right and, now. And, <laughs> no way, I was like, doing that also, so that was like my inspo. Cool. Um, yeah, and other people would draw on many other things. Like, for example, they have, like, materiality um, rules that were very strong and interesting. Or, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it was about... Mm, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I was wondering if you have um, any suggestions for people, like, any other books to read in advance or, like, really great precedents to look at or that kind of thing. Oh, um, yes, I do. Let me just take a moment here. I'm going to an email that I just sent my mom with books that I want. <laughs> nice. Christmas <laughs> presents. Um, and these are books. Well, I just recently visited the Netherlands, and they're really, really great on architectural resources and um, institutions. So we visited a lot of architectural bookstores, and I was too poor to buy all of the books that I wanted. So I just took a whole bunch of pictures, hoping that... They're like waiting for Christmas to come around, so. Nice. I love that. <laughs> okay. Well, just in general, some like good readings. One is The Civic City in a Nomadic World. Uh, that was by Charles Landry. Caught my attention. Oh, and Yan Gel, City for People. So that's about creating social spaces and how, how people relate to each other like in public zones. And yeah, I've known about that since B5 because Catherine told about it told me about it and then I saw it in the bookstore and I, yeah, I really loved it. So I hope to buy that myself. Oh, and then there was this really great um, periodical called Log. Uh, I think they're on their like 40th or 41st edition and it's just stories about um, or centered around different like architectural themes, like um, could be, for example, uh, more structural themes or atmospheric, and then they interview different architects that seem to relate to that topic. And yeah, it, it was like very beautifully written. So I bought myself one in the Netherlands, and now I want one. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I've been trying to, um, like, I checked out Atmospheres by Peter Zumther from the public library. I was like, oh, Peter's on there, obviously, I need to read some of that before B5. Um, yeah, so that yeah. one, yeah, it's just like a super short little, I think it's a lecture that he gave, and it mm -hmm. sort of has the, I think the, the photos must have been what he was, had accompany, accompanying him with for slides. Um, so that's a really nice one. And I think that, um, for all you guys out there, I think like Andrew at one point posted a PDF of Sumther's thinking architecture on the Facebook page. So that's like another little tidbit that you could go back to because I know those Peter Sumther books are always hard to get out from the library. Somebody's always got them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also think book, any books on Carlos Arbo can be also nice. super relevant to your guys' semester. He was really great at like, creating atmospheric ideas with structural ideas. So. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I, 
I mean, we all know that it's a bathhouse design, and so the technology class is obviously super integrated into design because so much of it is about building systems. How does that really play into it in terms of like what kinds of things you're doing in the course and that sort of thing? Um, yeah, well, I guess it's, it's yeah, it's definitely like a new way of thinking about things. It's kind of like also because you start off in a place that's like designing for like the human experience, then you almost kind of begin to think of your like self as like a system within the system of architecture and like how your bodily perception is related to the system that around you within the building. Um, yeah, so I guess that was like the interesting part of it, just thinking how your body systems are like connected to or can be connected to uh, with with um, building systems like heating or cool. uh, water, and, but also like structure too. So I think there um, there can be like an elegance or like a um, between the combination or between integrating your thinking of structure and systems within the building. Um, and moments of how those two can like can tie together, or how, or how and where you also experience either. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah. And what kinds of things are you doing in rep class? Oh, I'm not sure if your rep class is going to be the same as ours. Are you guys still having to for help? No, I think I looked at the calendar and it was, and I think it was somebody's name that I didn't recognize. So, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it's a bit different. But I would assume yeah. that some of the projects are a little bit similar. Yeah, probably he will like take over a similar syllabus to the one that C Parcel is doing because that was also quite integrated into the program. So, for example, the final like drawing sets were um, uh, challenging you to kind of integrate some of the different components within your building and represent them within one drawing. So it also helps you kind of in your design process. And also, a few of the assignments were process portfolio pages themselves, so that made you really kind of like polish up and expand on your um, thinking and also made you really um, explore like the iterative technique. So it was pretty helpful. Um, well, or I guess it was supposed to be. <laughs> no one really actually thought it was. Yeah, the process yeah. portfolio is all digital at the semester, right? Yeah, I didn't find that to be too much of a struggle because also people are kind of applying for um, early admission before it's like um, the um, representation assignments are due and it kind of you come back from workroom with um, a lot more familiarity with the digital world so it didn't really feel like such a struggle. It actually helps your stuff look more polished and I don't know, once you get into the digital world you don't have to like, I don't know, you, you have an easier way of dealing with like little small issues graphic ones than when you're just drawing and like gluing everything into like this big like <laughs> you can just photoshop <laughs> it <laughs> yeah exactly so it was it was much more convenient actually mm-hmm. yeah and speaking of the master's application i think that that is maybe a point of stress as well during the semester i think probably a lot of people will be applying and i mean it seems like there's not a ton of work to do for that on top of um, like what you already have done in terms of submitting the process portfolios and I guess there's just a letter of intent and that kind of thing was it but I was just, it's just one more thing to do <laughs> while you're in school how did that go for you um I, I didn't find it like super challenging to do it uh, I think for you guys it's early admission is based on B3 process portfolios so you will 
orient, like there's nothing, it doesn't like have to influence how you're actually developing your B5 plan except for like final admission. So in the beginning, you probably can go like a little more easy on yourself. But for us, it was a B5 process portfolio, and again, because it was already digital, so it was not such a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the letter of intent is like interesting. I don't know. I found it like really nice to take the time to do that because it also reminds you of like the reasons why you're here, or like forces you to think about it, and also to dream about the future because it's all about like what your um, thesis intentions are like. Um, so, and you're allowed to, or are you encouraged to give more than one idea? So it kind of opened your mind and. Uh, it kind of helped actually prepare me for B5 because I just realized that it's like there's like a much bigger picture than this one kind of stressful semester. Yeah, yeah definitely. I guess the, the thing that seems, I don't know, sort of awkward to me is that, you know, if you if you get a, like a maybe or even a no and then you have to keep going the rest of the semester, is that kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Like, how do people yeah. deal with that? <laughs> it's very awkward, to be honest. I think I only, like, shared the results with, actually, like, my one best friend. It was it definitely caused a rift. And for, like, people that did talk about it, it's like you almost don't want to know because those are your friends and you don't want to think about them struggling more or, like, as lesser or better than it was, yeah, uncomfortable. I wish I hadn't have known. Um, yeah, I got, I got like, an early ex- uh, admission, but still, it actually didn't really <laughs> help reduce any stress because the semester gets, like, exponentially more difficult towards the end, so I was still questioning, you know, whether I was going to get in by the end, and I know other people who maybe struggled a little bit or didn't put as much effort in the beginning, like, did really great work towards the end, so, like, I don't know, it didn't really help resolve any confusion, and it just caused a lot of stress and social awkwardness. <laughs> I don't think it's, like, a good idea, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of benefits to the way Dell organizes the semesters and like with the work terms and stuff. And obviously, having you know having one class that's always away makes it that makes it easier for them. They don't have to have as much space in the school. But that's definitely a a tricky time, like between B five and M one, when <laughs> people don't know where they're gonna be and. I guess you just have like a couple weeks at the end if you're hoping to get in and you know yeah. sort out your living situation and that kind of thing so yeah, yeah it's hard and it's also hard to like plan for financially too it's like a huge deal also because m1 and m2 are projected to be much more expensive so the uh, possibility of trips and i think also even just like tuition is more expensive if i recall correctly maybe like 10 percent or something mm. um so there were people that didn't continue on even when they got accepted just because they didn't know early enough. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I can understand that, that justification, but I don't know. It's, it's weird to like try and see if it's, it's worth it compared to like the emotional impact of early admission <laughs> or not. Yeah. It did seem like, at least for your studio, you being with Roger, I'm like, wow, I feel like that class is just the reward for getting in. <laughs> Like, and now I get to go to Iceland with Roger. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I don't know, all the, like, (laughs) all the encouragement to just be your crazy self that you thought architecture school was going to be finally, like, happens. There's no more, like, very intense and, like, abrasive um, feedback. It's just, like, more of, like, a discussion and you feel like you're, like, on some level where it's, like, finally you know something, you know, and I don't know. 
it was, yeah, I would definitely call it like the reward for finally getting it. <laughs> Do you think that people in other studios experienced that as well, or particularly the one that you did? No, I think, like, in general, everyone, all the professors, I don't know, it's been, like, an unspoken agreement. Everyone is much more friendly and, like, lenient also toward, like, grades. I, I mean, I don't know. Some some tutors, for example, like Talbot, always have their set way, and there's, like, <laughs> only one answer of how to do things, and it's, like, a vernacular fish shack or something, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't uh, I'm, I'm sure that you wouldn't get, like, super intense if you want to hear, like, Thinking slightly outside of the box. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, I mean, it's I think like... grades, grades wise, definitely it's much more relaxed also. So. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. Um, M2 sounds a little bit more intense, though, or it seemed more intense when we were in B1 seeing what the M2s were doing. Um, how are you enjoying that? Uh, I am. The scope is much larger, so I'm in Catherine's. Um, uh, urban system studio, which is fo focused on exploring the possibility of designing with infrastructure. So, for example, the scope of my project is Amsterdam, the entire historical city. Other people have like giant harbors that they're dealing with, or um, I don't know. Well, just a very large urban scale. So then you just have to like break that down, and it's a lot to like kind of chew on. But if you have like a, I think, a strong and centralized like reason for why you're doing something and like design intention then can go like smoothly but again it's like also just very I think the dynamic between you and your tutor is a lot different than it is in the bachelor's um, component so I don't know they speak to you and like all of a sudden this language that you like completely understand and they have a lot more trust in your abilities and like are much more accommodating to your um to your work style so it's still it's still not for me as stressful as the bachelor's component was and I still really enjoy the freedom that I'm given within the program. Nice. Um, yes. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> I don't know, maybe you've heard rumors because I think that like a lot of the studios that have been offered for your year are going to be changed for ours like, um, like Rogers taking a sabbatical so no one's going to be going to Iceland. And then I think that that Cuba studio, that's the last year for that one. So there's going to be some new things coming up. Have you heard in the rumor mill any chance? What? No, I, <laughs> haven't, I haven't heard actually anything about what the next two years are going to be like, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sure they'll be super amazing, though. Like... I don't know. It will be like the, the first time for anything is going to be like very hectic, but very exciting. And you're going to have like probably like the loosest rain and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be a good time wherever it ends up going or whoever your tutors are too. Yeah. Cool. Um, great. Well, yeah, I think that's, that's a good little, you know, information session for people thinking ahead. Um, <laughs> Um, I would, and then, so the other thing that we wanted to talk about, which I found really interesting, is that um, Alice uses poetry as part of her process in design, and uh, so that was something that you started doing in your M1 semester, or before that? Um, yeah, in M1, I would definitely, that's like a huge no-no for B5. <laughs> <laughs> no poetry? Okay. Well, actually, some people did it, as, as long as it's not like... I don't know. 
I think it can be if we don't want to use it as like a very complimentary technique, it can work. But for me, I think in M1 and the way that like me and my design partner were working um, with Roger, it became very central to like how we were designing because it was all about exploring a narrative of people who lived in the past and then designing for like um, kind of their, their daily life. So it really helped to like draw those ideas. And then it was also kind of useful um, when we went to Iceland because everything was so, so different. Like the landscape, the people, it was just like almost like an alien world. And sometimes, even though you're driving for like long hours, it helps you kind of let your thoughts kind of percolate or think about like the systems within like the landscape and how things are possibly working. It helps you kind of get to the, maybe the heart of things faster because it's a less structured way of writing or exploring things. It's almost like it's almost like the way that you probably diagram within your process portfolio, but just using words to do that, I guess. Hmm. Cool. So you would write a poem, you know, maybe a certain narrative, and then design something from that. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, my design partner and I, Sarah, we were designing a space that was between um, a lighthouse keeper and a fisherman. So we wrote these poems. Um, to explore what their daily lives would have been like. We did, of course, like research into like the topic. We looked at many photos to see what there would have been in these like um, lighthouses or um, um, boat ships to have like clues as to how people inhabited them. But then it was only through this um, verbal exploration that we helped like put it together and also find like links to how they met it or how and why they might have related to um, within a single space. So for us, it was just kind of like. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, I remember your final model for that. It was really nice. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> There's a lot of cool little models for those projects. There, yeah, it was such a nice little exhibition at the end. It felt like an art show, of course. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you gonna maybe read us one of your poems? Sure. I have the. Lighthouse Keeper's poem, which I wrote, and then Sarah wrote the Fisherman's poem, so I'm not going to read hers, but just fine. And if you like, after, I can show you or read one of my, like, journal entries from while being in Iceland to, like, maybe you could see what the difference is actually like and how it could be used as a tool in different cases, if you want. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> okay. So the Lighthouse Keeper's poem. Wind whistles, waves, waves and sunlight beat in through windows above, bouncing off the walls, enveloping my morning bed. A quick tea at the window sets the day in motion. From bottom to top, I send winding mirror staircases, or the winding mirror staircase, polishing its cool and perforated face. Once at the top, midday has hit, and the usually solid calm of life within has turned void with a shadow of summer leaf. The first task of the day is done, and I take out my book and perch by a window to let it tell me its stories. Light begins to penetrate, and I descend back down to refuge to cook my costume. I fill my pail with water and, it, and carry it to the lens where it, where it washes the luminous old folds. Um, I wind around to the light glimpsing past at the tall, slender views of the setting sun beyond. The work of the lighthouse passes on from me to the building by night, and I retreat within to start it all again when morning comes. That was so yep. nice. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> and also, I can totally see how that would be really great part of your process. So you're like, hmm. Thanks. 
what do I want? Yeah. yeah, what do I want this person's day to look like? And yeah, it's also like I guess from that and from Sarah's the ideas of views, which is maybe something that you saw in the final site model, were um, really exploited and used for the idea of designing around. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and just how you talk about light and the light kind of changing throughout the day. And that's that's really good. It's almost it's almost like a different kind of design statement in a way. I guess. Yeah, well I think yeah. It's like it's kind of I guess poetry can be a weird way of letting you into like someone else's world, even if it is imagined because of just that's the inherent quality of like what you can do with poetry. Which maybe you can't really do so much when you're taking like field notes. It doesn't really help you experience maybe or help you have the experience or capture the experience of experiential qualities of other people's spaces as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so what about your journal entry? Okay, I'm going to read maybe like the, the first stop that we made once we hit the road um, in Iceland. It was called Olafsvik. Okay, so this is like journal entry kind of poetry. So I slept here the first night out of Reykjavik. Driving in, we pierced through a cloud in the mountains and were struck by golden light bouncing from moss covered to hill to mountain to ocean. The colors vary from dry green to radiant gold, like flax seed in the sunshine, like Aztec coins. Like blonde hair in the summertime. <laughs> though, it is, though it is summer, the coal black of the land, punctuated by green, splashes by green splashes of vegetation, rains ominously through the mountains, carried on by the birds which nest and sing between the jagged hilltop. So untouched by the large fauna is the topography that it tells only one story that of raging birth and long, slow, crumbling death. Stones, the sizes of hills and elephants and people and mice are arrested in motion on their falls down. Their scale compares to each other. Nice. So that's just kind of a reflection on yeah, the experiences of the weather and yeah, the landscape. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's sort of just a, a different kind of sketch, I guess. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, but wait, so why do you think poetry wouldn't be accepted in B5? Oh, well, I guess maybe, so yeah, like a supplementary something, you know, for exploring, um, exploring experiential components, but I think you shouldn't make it your focus because maybe it doesn't actually get to, like, get you to the point of designing space as quickly or maybe it's not viewed by the teachers like that I remember just like my first pinup that I had and I had like a lot of diagrams and ideas of what the building or spaces could be um, related to and the idea of ascension and verticality and diagrams about how all these ideas connect together and then I remember Talbot being like well this is very theoretical and he's like where are your walls (laughs) is the language of walls (laughs) (laughs) or walls roof don't forget about that (laughs) yeah yeah it's about getting to that step much more quick in B5, and then, yeah, in M1 is more of a time to savor and, I guess, think, or maybe analyze um, more deeply, which I think poetry is, is like, really good sorry, which I think that poetry is a way of doing that, so. Cool. Nice. Well, I don't know, is there anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> I feel like, like Travis has been doing these just super long episodes and probably everyone's sick of those anyway so they would like a nice short sweet one but 
Do you have any other words of wisdom for us? Um, yeah, just like, yeah, enjoy it as much as you can on your current work term, and then, yeah, don't let, like, any of P5 get to you. It was, like, the most difficult first semester, or semester for me by far, and, you know, it's also, like, extremely cold winters, power outages, and all these unnecessary hassles that can be easy to feel, like, a little down or blue, and people come back with all these new, um, skills, too, and think you need to, like, compare yourself, but just always, like, you know, Keep your sight open to what's what's beyond that because the yeah, master's program is really, really lovely and things only get easier and more personalized and yeah, let's say that it's it's definitely worth it and yeah. Don't don't let yourself get down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We will mentally prepare for that. <laughs> okay, well thanks so much for taking some time on this fine Sunday. I don't know if it's a fine Sunday there. It's not really fine Sunday here. It's kind of rainy like it usually is. But um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really great to have you on the podcast, Ella. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, and I hope if anyone has like any questions or anything or wants any advice when to come back, well, I won't be there, but you should ask someone else. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions, sorry, too bad. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. We won't be seeing you. Well, maybe you'll be you'll be out here in Vancouver, and I won't be here. <laughs> yeah, the awkward or weird thing is that the next time our class is going to see yours is when you guys are where I am now. I'm too. Yeah, it's funny how that happens. It's like, oh, oh we were just getting to know each other. See you in a year, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's yep. kind of too bad. But oh well. Um, okay, well, I guess that uh, concludes our show. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.